Hello there, and welcome to the Anime Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, JD, and I'm here with Mr. Earthworm the Mighty. Uh, how are you doing today on this special day? I'm about to piss a lot of people off. Misa, excited to talk about the Star Wars visions. Oh, God, you picked the worst one. He's my favorite character, and I stick by it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And you, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes that, a lot That of sense. checks out for me, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. You know, you know what the crazy thing is? Is my wife's not the biggest Star Wars fan. She's like, I really like Jar Jar Binks. He's and fucking I'm like, great. you and Eric are too similar sometimes. It bothers me. He's fucking great. She's just like, I just like him. He's so funny. I'm like, no, he's not. He's the everyman of Star Wars. Everyman? He's the everyman, okay? Luke Skywalker, the chosen son. Fucking Anakin Skywalker, the fucking most gifted man with the force to ever live. Obi-Wan? Uh, Obi-Wan, the, I don't know what the fuck is special about Obi-Wan. I don't huh? know. The most. Look, oh, why puppy breaks, kid? I know he's special. I don't know what's special about him. I get it. I'm not saying he ain't special. I just don't know. What I'm saying is Jar Jar Binks is, you pulled him off the street. He's just a guy. Yeah. And he saved an entire planet. He won a war, damn it. He didn't win the war. He won the war. No, he didn't. I don't remember how. Anakin won the war. He was critical in the winning of the he war. He was fighting in the battle with the droids. He became And fuck- he survived. He became royalty at the end. They gave him a crown. <laughs> okay? I'm just saying, he represents the common man. He goes man. into office, so he fucked up there. He no. represents the common man. In Star Wars. No, but hello, guys. Um, just want to let you guys know, it's obvious, it's the uh, Star Wars type of episode. Uh, not the biggest Star Wars fans, but we did watch Star Wars Vision Season 1. Yeah, this is, and interestingly enough, this turned out to be kind of, I mean, it, it, this is, it, it qualifies as an outside anime yeah, episode. Yeah, now that we look at it, there's, uh, we're going to talk about each studio, but there turns out to be only one Japanese kind of studio in South Korean. Yeah. So other than that, it's all animation studios from all over the world. So it's technically, wild. it's not anime. Yeah, yeah, which was a surprise to us. We had no idea. Um, I kind of figured it out through my Sherlock Holmes the detective work. Uh, just saying, I knew anime doesn't really do that. Yeah, with all. Uh, so you were telling me before we, uh, when you were looking for it, and we were like, you want, you wanted to watch it. You were interested. You liked the first season. I liked the first season. Yeah. What, and it was not? on Mal, so we could we could count it as anime, rate them all. And that's know? the thing that got me. You're like, I don't know why the second season isn't on my anime list. Yes. And I'm like, oh, that is interesting. Then looking at the different art styles, which again, like you said, Japanese studios, I mean, anime has a particular art style and rarely goes wild outside the bounds of it. And there's stop motion animation. There is straight up claymation. I'm pretty sure... I don't know if that's the Wallace and Gromit studio, but which your wallet and Gromit one ass of them is in there? Uh, the one that did Chicken Run, which I wrote in my notes looks like Chicken Run. I, would, and then... I literally wrote which your wallet and Gromit, Wallace and Gromit ass. <laughs> Chicken Run's sick, though. We should review Chicken Run if we're just reviewing animation. That's been so long since I it's watched Chicken Run. It's a great movie. That's a movie for the common man right there. Anyway, yeah, we're here to review Star Wars Vision Season 2. Um, if you don't know what Star Wars Visions is, I guess I'll give you the quick rundown. It is a, an anthology series. Uh, this one is nine episodes, and each episode is a different take on a little slice of the Star Wars universe. Somewhere in the story, somewhere in the timeline, somewhere, uh, you know, it could be times when there was many Kaiba crystals. It could be time where there's none anymore, and it's mostly about pod racing. I think a lot of them are alternate universes uh, type situations, pretty much just playing with the world of Star Wars and creating their own a little slice of story uh in those universe some with jedi a lot with jedi not so much this season but uh 
yeah, we'll get into it more and more. Uh, we're going to go through each episode and kind of give our critiques and our ratings. And we'll talk a little bit about the studio that, that presented it to us. Because, again, this is the first time we've really explored some of these uh, these animation studios from different parts of the world. And there's some that I'm actually going to th- watch for more if they make any kind of type of show. I'm interested in not because I'll watch anything they make. I want it to be interesting already. Sure. And then I'll be fine with the animation studio, you know? Yeah, I will say for me, this was a reminder that I am not just an anime fan, but a fan of animation in general. Right. Um, if you give me something that looks beautiful, I don't, I don't necessarily care what part of the world it came from, you know, and being able to see the wildly different styles from from across the pond if so to speak you know yeah that's crazy like i didn't know this shit existed i had heard french animation was great i've seen it now <laughs> they weren't lying <laughs> it's great it's great um not but, uh, not amazing for me but we'll get we'll i get all right yeah we'll get into it <laughs> but uh no before we do that it won't take very long but uh, you gotta do the checkup see how everything is going i'll tell you uh it, it's been it's been a little nuts in the real world of maine but uh, other than that, not much going on in the personal life. Yeah, uh, I'm sure everybody saw the news. We don't have to necessarily get into it. Um, everybody knows what happened. Uh, it's where everybody's okay that we know. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's good for us. Um, but yeah, definitely not a great feeling going on. But we're gonna try to have some fun. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some Star Wars. Uh, at some point, did is, is there anything like nerdy wise, uh, not real life spooky stuff that not we can spooky talk about? Stuff. I was gonna say, to be honest, the only thing I can say I'm safely doing is I'm still watching the One Piece, the volume, uh, the the latest volume of Hunter Hunter. I said I ordered came okay. in. Yep. So I'm gonna start reading that. So One Piece, the reading part is taking a break until I just finish this volume, which won't take long, but. Goddamn, Tagashi writes books. Yeah. Like, he just fills that whole one little panel with a lot of text, and then the next one, it's like, all right, buddy, just make a light novel sometimes. I'm into <laughs> it, but, you know, you're making a book, buddy. So, oh, shit. So it's just mostly that, and uh, Baldur's Gate. I Yeah, uh, you're back on it. Huh? Well, you second playthrough yeah. with my monk class, uh, well into Act 2. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous Well, now you. you don't have the room that you it, had. My, my problem, it, it's like, get time... To play, my problem is I. You, everybody knows I like to hyper fixate on shit mm-hmm. and do things for I don't know six hours at a time, and I I don't I can't do that what, what, anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that so that's why I've just been like, uh, if I can't play for four and a half hours, I don't really want to play. <laughs> I'll get in there for an hour if I can. Yeah, I I need to I need to be there for the long haul. <laughs> So yeah, I'm doing that, and it's kind of just been at a stalemate, uh, really not moving forward, and anything uh, more nerdy than that. I know I bought the new Spider-Man movies, the animated ones, because oh, I, cool. I want to watch them. I do too. And now after watching um, these studios and seeing like animation, other than just anime and stuff like that, that do adventures and superhero stuff, yeah, really good. You know, I'm 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 gonna willing to give this a shot. I'm sure one of these studios looks exactly like how this Spider-Man show looks. Yeah, very Crayola right. type of. You're like, right. There was one that was very similar to like the uh, Into the Spider Verse styles. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that style, and uh, speaking of just animation in general, I want to check out the new Ninja Turtles movie because that looked like a very creative art style. Can um, I can I say a hot take on here? Sure. Like everyone, do you not like it? <clears throat> um, no, no, it's not the animation. Uh because a lot of people be offended, but I've never grown up to be a big teen. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. Really? You just don't like the... I had the game one time that we played a lot together, but that the was more because it was yeah cooperative and yep. we could play different people and 
I, at the time when I was young, wanted to be the leader, so I'd always go to Leonardo and be <laughs> sure. like, I am the leader. <laughs> but no, really, I I find the concept kind of dumb. I also, I'm not into it. I like real ninjas. Okay. You know, that's just how it is. So it's a super silly If you want to watch it, that's fine. And I'd say the counter to that is then we got to watch Spider-Man together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. Animation I, stuff. We're just going to go on a rampage. Shrek. I'm, oh, dude, I'm 100% down. I uh, I saw a meme earlier that was like the comparing Toy Story 1 to Toy Story 4. Oh, boy. And oh, my God, I kind of want to watch all the Toy Stories just to see like how, you know, five to ten years uh, of of progression in, in this medium. I think medium. I saw three when Andy was older yeah. and had to give up his toys. And I was like, dude. It's wild, dude. <laughs> like, I don't. The Pix- Pixar makes some wild yeah. fucking animation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, yeah, we, <laughs> I, uh, I'm not a big fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I'm that, sorry. That's I'm okay. Sorry. You know, I'm not the biggest Ninja Turtle fan, you know? But I you gr- want to see this new- I do. I like the Ninja Turtles enough. Like, if this was just a stock standard, like, a 3D animation, I would not be interested, you know what I mean? Because it's this kind of, looks like almost a newspaper cutout, like, paper mache type animation. I don't know what the style is called or what's okay. going on. But it's very like slapped together, fluid, but also like it's it's just very cool looking. Okay. And I want to experience it and see like what they can do with that animation style after hearing everybody praise, you know, into the Spider Verse for taking on kind of a more comic book comes to life Dude, animation. It's crazy, style. like when it says wham and then it'll show the wham behind the fist punching someone, like yeah. a, what a comic yeah. book would do. And I thought it would like pull my eyes away and make it like weird. And I actually was I got into it. Yep. You know, yeah. and I say that because I've seen a little bit of the first one. I was on a plane yeah. when I went to Hawaii, and that's <laughs> sure. why I was like, I need to check out the show. Nowhere streaming. You have to buy it. Oh, shit. So okay. That's why I got it. But anyway, enough about <laughs> all this animation stuff, I guess. Sure. Uh, but yeah, if you have nothing else. I, can- I really don't, man. Like, I've, uh, I'm definitely, I want to start a new anime that just something in the background. You know what I mean? I've actually. What about Dragon Ball? You, or you don't I haven't been. I, I kind of fall off on Dragon Ball. I'll pick it back up at some point. But you know what I mean? It was yeah. just kind of. I got 40 episodes in and it was very much a. I mean, I said it on one of. I think it was a guest episode. King's Drunken Court for Anime Plummet. But uh, Dragon Ball has a lot. It's a lot closer to like a Yurisei Yatsura. Like it's just a weekly gag anime right. rather than a a fist of the north star or something where it's more serious and like plot driven mm-hmm. so get, yeah it's it's not as like i gotta see where goku gets to next you know i'm noticing that with early one piece yeah uh very he was comedy based a lot of the quirks and perks of having the gum gum fruit and all that stuff are like cool but then like you just realize how dumb luffy can be and he fucks up and <laughs> yeah it's all gags and you got people yelling constantly about to be hit with something and you're like, man, you look at what you hear now for like Gear 5, and then you're like, yeah, it's like Dragon Ball Z when it just became less about gags and more about power level. Yep. Up. And uh, you just, you, you're amazed when you see that shit. Cause I'm like, right now, and, and you're talking about Dragon Ball, and you're right, you see all the old clips of Dragon Ball. And it's like, this isn't an action kung fu fully movie. And I mean, it, so. it definitely is getting there. I'm, you know, 40 something, 50 episodes in, you know, you're right in the middle of the Red Ribbon Army stuff. So he. He is going and, like, kicking the shit out of people, but still, like, Goku hasn't truly been tested. Everybody who's actually fought him, like, he's pretty much beaten the absolute shit out of, save for one giant robot that he still ended up beating, you know? Yeah. So we haven't gotten to the, where he meets TN, and it's like, oh, this is an actual fucking fight. Yep. And we haven't gotten to the King Piccolo, where it's like, Goku might die. I know, 
He doesn't die, but he, he might die. It's he already, doesn't die then. Yeah, yeah. It's already pulled the Goku died, oh my God, card a couple of times, but I don't know. So I've, I've there's some, I want to kick something around, but it really, I it's been this urge to play a tabletop role-playing game. Oh, I've been watching Dimension 20 like crazy. It's Brendan Lee Mulligan is such an inspiration to uh, be a dungeon master. He's so good at rolling with yep. anything anything that you throw at him. He's just like, yes, I love it. We're going to go for it. It's, it. it's improv at its finest. I was looking at kids on bikes literally last night. I was like, how much is this? Really, really affordable, actually. It's like a $25 soft cup or, or something like that. That's not bad. And hear me out, brother. I think I know how to get your wife on board. Yeah, okay, good luck. Kids on brooms. They've made a kids on brooms. Kids on brooms. It's a magical school. Fucking oh role-playing game. You're actually going to literally bite your, your your pride and become a wizard. I would make- Harry Potter. Uh, I'm not to toot my own horn, but I think I'd make Harry Potter way cooler. Oh! Yeah, we All could right. do a Harry. We could do literal Harry Potter. Or I'll mention could... it to her, but I already like asked I know, her, and I she know. just said I don't have the imagination for it, which I totally get. It's very it's hard. Different. To, yeah, I I did also talk to my buddy to talk to his brother about DMing, and I'm I'm worried he just said it to say it, and because he's now like oh, I don't know if I really want to do it. And it's like, bud, don't don't toy with my emotions. Like I wanna I wanna play a tabletop, and we may have a DM, but if yeah. I get kids on bikes, I will I will DM that. Without a it doubt. It should be simple. That's it's, why, yeah. it's a rules light tabletop game, so it's not like you have to worry about a bunch of gear. You have your stats, and you really just kind of roll dice and role play. I could be a wizard. I, yeah. We I will mean, ask her. If we do, if she's interested, this is the, I only bring it up because it's literally her favorite fucking thing. It's it a is. magical school with brooms and fucking For shit. Witches and wizards. I know I could get Kelly to play. I'm going to be using a British accent just to let you know. Sure. I have to. I'm I'm in the world of Harry Potter technically in my mind, so I got to be British. And like Kelly's not kind of like you, you know, like what your your wife, she doesn't have quite the imagination. She nope. admittedly um but I think this she loves witchcraft and all that stuff. Hers is more of a like forest witch rather than a yes. Harry Potter witch, but I think we can still meld the two. You know what I mean? And if we want to make our... It's cool, because the world is supposed to be collaborative when you build it. So there's supposed to be, like, a part in the beginning where it's like, all right, what does everybody want out of this school? We could make it literally just Harry Potter. And then you have to make it a way to, like, join the... the we'll make... Yeah, together. we can make different... Like you're in the same class. We could make different houses or whatever, you know? We could find whatever... We could find a way for everybody to become friends in this magical school. And there's a, a character that's supposed to be controlled by everyone. I can't remember. I think it's called the Powered Character. So it's supposed to be like uh, the E.T. or the Eleven of the group from Stranger Things. The character that's kind of otherworldly and has the powers. And everybody kind of collaborates. I would make it a hippogriff. Yeah, there you go. Y'all could have a pet hippogriff. And and, y'all... That, and that pet hippogriff is literally more powerful than we are. Yeah, y'all could collaborate on what this motherfucker does. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to definitely look into how that Instead would work. Instead of Buckbeak, his name will be Buckweak. But it's, it, you all, <laughs> it, it wouldn't, y'all wouldn't be dragged down by like, all right, now, oh, you can't use that spell, Kelly, because you've already used it. It's like, okay. Yeah, no, that would be a shame. Yeah, it's You just can like, use it as much as you want. What is your, I, but you can't take back the Avada Kedavra spell. I'm just kidding. Because I know the, I know everybody has an imagination. I know that everybody has an imagination they can use for role playing. They just have to find a way to be comfortable with In it. In their world. Yeah. yeah. They got to yeah. accept it. Because one of my biggest problems with D&D is somebody saying, I want to do this. And me as the DM having to say, well, you can't do exactly that. 
because Let's they're... Do, why don't you roll for it? Yeah, because they're... Well, not even just a roll, because you're going to have to roll for stuff, but it's like, I want to cast the spell and do this with it. And it's like, well, you don't have the exact spell in the spell book, you know? You're yeah. only level two, you can't really... We can work with that in a rules light where it's like, I love it, that's a creative idea, and I want to do it. Yeah, if it's too overpowered, you just say no. Yeah, if it's gonna... I want to kill everybody with a snap of my finger. Well, all right, hold the fucking phone. <laughs> all right, Thanos. But it's like if I want to grow that plant and like you know trap that guy's ankle and make him trip, it's like I love that. It's a great idea. All right. Well, that will be for the future. Sky's the limit. I uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for hearing me gush about role playing tabletop games. I haven't played. <laughs> Look at me go. All right. So I think it's time to get to the Star Wars Vision season two. So we're here to talk about Star Wars Vision Season 2. Kind of snuck under the radar for us because of not being on Mal. And it's been uh, out for a minute, hasn't it? It has. And I just, I they, I will say, and I'm not going to say Disney did bad or not, but I saw a lot more ads when it was like the anime Season 1. Like, it's what I was watching on Disney Plus and they kept promoting it. Yeah. I saw it on commercials on TV. And then Season 2, I saw like one commercial saying it's coming soon. And then it left my mind because I never saw the ad again. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if it was like they just didn't put enough money into the advertising or it just was supposed to be under the radar. There's so much shit that goes under the radar on Disney Plus. It's such a it's like if it's not a direct Disney if it's not product. Marvel or um what's the other thing on on there that they that kills a lot of or gets a lot like of the Mandalorian, Star Wars. Yeah. Um and yeah, which is wild cuz yeah, you would think this visions, is Star right? Wars, yeah. you know, but again, it's not something. It it's not canon. Well, it doesn't have a Baby Yoda that they can sell. You know what I mean? It I doesn't do have Grogu. The, it doesn't have their new Mickey Mouse that they can fucking merchandise. It's like you want to give anime shit for merchandising. Um, what the fuck do you think American <laughs> Animation Studios? <laughs> yeah, they do doing? it too. It's the same fucking thing. Uh, so that's probably why it's like, yeah, we'll let you use Star Wars for your little fun animation projects, but don't you dare cost us any money. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, it is unfortunate. I remember back in May, I remember talking about this. So this we are very, very late to this. I re- I think it was movie May, and you were like, "Do you think we can squeeze Star Wars Visions in?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's movie May, JD. Is it a movie? No, get the fuck out of there." And after that, Star I was Wars. like, "Well, he doesn't care that much. I'll just stop bringing." No, it up. I, I, <laughs> I did. I was like, "We'll do it in June." Never got to it in June. Never got to it in July. It is fucking October. It is. I think this is the last episode that's going to release last in October. In October. Yes, Happy Halloween, is. by the way. Happy everyone. Halloween to everybody that, uh, actually, it's on Tuesday, and we're releasing this on Monday. Yeah. So, hey, guys, before you go out, make sure to be safe. Uh, uh, make sure all your kids are going with their parents, just, you know, all that stuff. And uh, don't eat too much candy. That was a, you know, fatherly advice from JD. And if somebody gives you candy with drugs in it, say thank you. Drugs are expensive, and it was hard to put it in the candy. There you go. There we go. <laughs> anyway <laughs> no so we we're getting to it now uh but I, I will say i'm very glad we did this we were very surprised so we're gonna break down every episode go from episode one all the way to episode nine and uh give our ratings since we don't have a mal it's kind of important if you want to know our ratings you gotta listen <laughs> yeah i guess so um i i 
I do want to preface, I'm not going to be too terribly strict about the number ratings, you know what I mean? Don't don't take my rating as fucking gospel. They're individual short stories, so you have to take them like when we rate movies. We have to give them a little bit of a slack that they can't tell as much of a story in a very short amount of time. Well, these, some of them are only 14 minutes. Okay, how do you feel about doing a different scale? How do you feel about doing the lightsaber scale? Wait, you're just going to say good or bad? No, so we go, um, it'll be five lightsabers. We have green, blue, purple, yellow, red. Green okay. being the best, red being the worst. Purple being the middle. I kind of like the blue being the best because when you see Jedi versus Sith, it's blue and red, not green and red. See, I was thinking that like in the final battles, it was always green versus red. Like in uh, the, I saw mostly blue and red the whole time we watched all these. I was thinking more of like uh, what, Yoda uh, versus Palpatine. Return of the Jedi. The final oh. fight was uh, didn't Luke have a green lightsaber at that point, or did he yes, use a blue? Yes, he did. But then the newest films was blue and red. Yeah, see, that's the fucking no prequels was blue and there's blue. no like. And, I mean, maybe there is, but we don't know the canon of what is better, green or blue. All I'm saying, I just feel like green is held by the most powerful. It is the most wisest, yeah, and all that. Uh, Remember the dude that Palpatine immediately murdered in the third uh, movie of the of the prequels that came with Mace Windu? Yeah, the purple. He he, no, but wait, Mace Windu had purple. This guy had a green lightsaber, and he was supposed to be like the most powerful Jedi that got no screen time and immediately waxed by Palpatine. Yeah, because that's why I was gonna say if we're gonna talk about the most powerful, technically, you can almost say purple because it's both the light and the dark mixed. Like he was able to. I I guess I'm not even talking about (laughs) power so much. I guess I'm talking about like the green means like you are a master of the Force and what it means to be a Jedi. Purple and is supposed to be that neutral. Purple's the middle. It's going to upset someone. Isn't, anyway. isn't that the deal, though? Isn't, like, Mace Windu supposed to be, like, that complete neutral? He's a complete neutral, but it's almost that like they the... say he's the most powerful because he can harness both. Yeah, that was the stupid but, yeah. thing that they wrote in because he asked for a purple lightsaber. It, yeah. And they were like, fuck it, why not? Sam- Samuel Jackson's like, hey, motherfucker. He didn't I, even... You know, did... I want to see myself on screen. Can I have a purple lightsaber? Normally, people don't have purple lightsabers. Yeah, but I can have a purple lightsaber. <laughs> Next day, George Lucas is like, we got you a purple lightsaber. Wild, dude. Wild. Um. So, yeah, we'll stop bantering about Star Wars bullshit. So, are you cool with the Star Wars scale, though? Yeah, so we'll go green, blue, uh, right. purple, yellow, and then red. All right. There's also orange in there and white, but you know what? Uh, that's when I'm starting to get into my lightsaber. Well, if you want to so. replace yellow with orange, I'm okay with that, but I figured but yellow But yellow is known to be like a sentinel guardian, so that makes sense. So I'm going to keep that. It's like, right, it's like not, not a Jedi. Definitely not a Jedi, but also not quite a Sith. Yeah. All right, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So that's how I guess we could do it. I had a rating scale, so... So I don't know how I'm going to do this. Well, that's why I was just going to give it numbers. I guess that's, I didn't realize you had like written it down or. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Since it's not a Mal, I could do a point system. Well, you do whatever you want and I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the lightsaber scale. And just if we confuse our audience by the end of this, that's good. Okay. So we got our first episode, uh, called Sith, um, done by studio Algeria based out of Madrid, Spain. Um, it basically was uh, also known for doing uh, works behind uh, uh, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Cars, and Ratatouille. Oh, no shit. They've done a lot of work for Pixar. Yeah, it was says behind the studio Pixar veteran Rodrigo Blas, or okay. Blaise, was a part of it. So he was the head person of the studio, and he did all those works. So. It did look unbelievably polished. Right. And it's only about a 16-minute on disney but we'll say it's mostly a 14 15 minute episode yeah most of these are between i think 14 and 21 minutes somewhere around there 
Anyway, so this pretty much follows a woman who seems to be alone. She's a painter. She's doing this kind of like abstract. Spoilers, hey. by the way. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everything is spoiled spoilers for all of these. We're going to give a quick synopsis and definitely it's it's a 15 minute thing. So to talk about it, we kind of have to talk about the ending, too. Um, but, yeah, she's doing this kind of like abstract space painting thing. Um the whole art style is very like there's no backgrounds throughout most of this, which I, I kind of loved it. it, it felt I very called open. it uh, a crayon type of way of color scheme because a lot of things were like you said, they like they nothing looked like you were in one spot. Yeah. And then the colors would start getting colored in depending on the mood of the light, the dark and yeah. all that stuff. So that's how I looked at it, yeah, almost they, like a color painting. They really crayon. played with like space and the the absence of space, and you know, like you said, filling that with like abstract colors and and using that to to display emotion. So either way, it's it starts with this woman. I I can't remember anybody's name. I'm not going to remember no. anybody's. Fucking I call name. them the main character. Yeah. So the main the main I will call her the good guy, the good girl. You know what I mean? The the hero of the story. Uh, she is kind of this recluse who is just trying to paint. Uh, at some point, she goes out and gets discovered by a Sith Lord. I am assuming a Sith Lord, the Sith Lord. Turns out that she is a former apprentice that dipped, ran away from this person, and he wants her back. They have a big old fight. She ends up fucking killing him, and uh, she finally finds the inspiration to paint, I guess, was kind of like... The end was very much her. Well, I think she was painting before that. But, but she, but there was in the first scene, like she was painting, and and it kind of like everything went to black as mm. she was painting, and it's like I can't. I think it was to signify she can't get over the past trauma of no, it's of not being a sin. Done, yeah. yeah, of being a, an apprentice. To be a Jedi is to let all the emotions go kind of against what you don't like about Jedi that they expect people to be able to just wash emotions away and yeah. accept that. If people die, well, that was because of the purpose of what they needed to do, and life goes on, and now you must do your role. It, and you're like, what the fuck? Do you not give a shit about it? But they do, but it's just... It's stoicism. It's, it's a Greek philosophy of let not letting your emotions dictate your actions and letting logic dictate your actions no matter what. Do mm -hmm. not think emotionally. Think logically. You can have emotions. You just can't let so them obviously, dictate like anything you said, about she you. Puts, you know, she's putting the paint down, and then it still goes to black. It's like she hasn't gotten over yeah. what issue she has. Yeah, but then confronted with her past, she's able to battle it. And uh, my favorite thing... So I, I texted you about this episode. Yeah, you said... at the beginning the the first episode is masterful it it might be like, a masterpiece yeah. and maybe that's just me um first of all like everything visually i think was ma absolutely masterful i loved everything about it but the theming of when she finally defeats a sith lord and he's looking at her as he's taking his dying breath and is like you know you're gonna be you we're not so different you and i yeah you're gonna whole... be just like <laughs> me you're gonna turn this is what happens you know the apprentice kills the master and then you become the evil sith lord and the cycle repeats. But she, as she's riding away with this little badass droid who sacrificed himself, um, which was amazing. Like, I love that little dude. Shouts out to the little droid. But anyway, she's riding away with him, and she's got both the lightsabers, you know, the the one blue and the one red. She took the, the old lightsaber, and she's like, um, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was something along the lines of, you know, we're going to all things in balance, we're going to find balance. Uh, but what I liked about it is exactly that, is is that mastery of both. It's being able to have your emotions. It's called and, the Grey Jedi. 
Okay, is that is that there's a term? So for that? I figured this is what you were trying to say because it's been well used in Star Wars lore, whether it's canon or not, in like uh, comic books and stuff like that. Because you got to remember, Star Wars really does comic books too. And sure, um, there's a thing called the Gray Ninja, not Gray Ninja, Gray <laughs> the Gray Ninja, <laughs> the Gray Jedi. Uh, and I don't know nearly enough. All I know is it's someone that essentially walks the path of like a Jedi and tries to do right. But where Jedi try to say you don't always need to kill and like kind of like a monk mentality, uh-huh. a gray Jedi literally still has enough emotional understanding to be not logical. Like, hey, I'll save those 500 people or 50 children or something like that. You know, it's yeah. more of like goes off of like what you think is right. So they still follow their ninja way sure, as a yeah. Jedi. But uh, not a Jedi to where they know, all right, the council said I have to save this dictator. So I'm going to save the dictator yeah. no matter what. Yeah. So. There is a great Jedi that's supposed to be that both, and kind of there's a video game where I'm hoping that one of these characters you've been playing is becoming a gray Jedi, because he lets his emotions get to him, but he's still able to hold it back where he doesn't go Sith. Sure. Sure. I guess I like that this short pushed it further to where it's not just somebody who... It's actually almost the opposite. It's, it's somebody who walked the path of the Sith, and then was able to step away you and choose to be good. You notice that both starts of the episodes for both seasons, the first one was about the Ronin that was hunting Sith, yep. and he was a former Sith, and, but he was, like, righting his wrongs. And that was probably, the in, best hind- one, yeah. probably in hindsight my favorite, at least, story of, of all of the first right. season. And now this one starts with one that's running away from her life and then is forced to pretty much come at odds with her own master, beat him, and then accept that I will walk the way of both of them is... She just wanted to keep to herself. Yeah, and it was so. visually exemplified by her being able to find the inspiration to paint after after accepting. A lot of painting in these uh, seasons. There's yeah, another there, one involving there, with paint. There is a decent amount, yeah. yeah. But I just I enjoyed that she was able to complete almost complete the cycle of killing the Sith Master as the apprentice, and then we're led to believe that she steps away and breaks the cycle. And obviously, this is some alternate universe that has nothing to do with the the Skywalkers or anything like that, but it in here that there is no more Sith Lord, Sith Apprentice cycle, at least not from her. You know, maybe it'll sprawl up somewhere else, but we're good. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just, it was very cool to be able to, to step out of the black and white that Star Wars can kind of exemplify. Yeah, it just takes all the studios. Yeah, yeah, without, and I get it, you know, the, the like you were saying earlier, it uh, it was made in 1970. You know, it's yeah. it's a very old space western, and you know the Hayes Code really wasn't too far away. So having a very a hero's hero and a villain's villain is is fair. And then Darth Vader having like some emotional shit behind him, where it's like I didn't want to be a bad guy, but you know that's <laughs> I pretty, didn't choose this life. That's pretty deep for for back then. I guess I just I'm I'm over it personally. It never hooked me. So like to see it to see a new take, I'm like finally some fresh fucking food. <laughs> All right, so give us your ratings. We'll say a 10 out of 10. You're going to give it a green lightsaber. This is a green. This is two green lightsabers two green. shoved up my ass. Yeah, see, this is where it's hard because where would you put a 9 out of 10? You know what I'm saying? I was going to rate it a 9 out of 10, but is It would be pretty- like an aquamarine teal lightsaber. Yeah, perhaps. there is aquamarine, so it's almost green, but it's still got that blue tinge to it. A blue and a half lightsaber. But yeah, so my scores are going to be all over the place because I did not plan on a lightsaber a nine color. 9 is fine. Yeah. That's- but that's still really good. Like I say, you love the animation, and it had its good points, like the chase scene when she's running away from them, and like she's flipping around, shooting guns, and yeah, like for some reason the bigger aspect scenes, like not up close, looked phenomenal because of the color 
and the crayon type of like paint. But then some of the close-ups, especially when the lightsaber fights happen, I'm all about lightsaber battles. And if I feel like you kind of, it doesn't look eh for me, that was my only gripe. Yeah, I thought the, I thought the battles looked amazing, personally. I guess, yeah. The, I like the battles, just not the ending lightsaber when they're in the room together. I yeah. Okay. But that's just me. Fair. But Yeah, all right. So good starting point for the first episode. Pretty much masterfully done. So we go to the second episode called Screecher's Reach. All right. 14 minutes, but we'll say it's probably more of like 13 minutes. Uh, done by Cartoon Saloon. Um, they uh, directed one of the original founders, Paul Young, an Irish studio that produced uh, feature films like The Secret of Kells, Song of the Sea, Breadwinner, Wolfwalkers, and My Father's Dragon. I do appreciate how um, watching these in America, you get uh, they, they used the accent of the native studio oh, like yeah irish I, i'm pretty sure they would probably be recording it in english anyway but in a lot of these like the pat the one we said previously was spanish and they used uh, you could tell the actress like an american the had a little, it was definitely um a strong uh, accent of like yeah someone some, from yeah. from a spanish-speaking country that Amer- uh, Sp- uh, english is their second language like i think that's cool so uh that makes me feel better about thinking like huh I bet this is an Irish studio. I don't feel I don't feel so ignorant. Haha. <laughs> so yeah, uh, do you want to give the synopsis for this one, or should I should I keep? Well, it I broke it down uh, roughly like detail by detail, but I can say how it opens up. Um, it just starts off with a bunch of people mining. Uh, uh essentially, I think for the empire. It normally, everything's for the empire. Everything pretty much here is for the empire in some kind of way, and you kind of see this just uh, young girl main character looking up at the sky as she's planning on pretty much running away from the cave. She doesn't. Uh, want to mine anymore she wants to get out of there and she's with like two of her other friends or three no three of her other friends and she decides to do this journey or adventure she has to get done without telling her friends called the screechers cave uh and that's where it's said to be haunted so you already got like a ghost like perfect for this halloween type of thing more yeah. of like the scariest episode yeah I'll if give you it could that. say that um but yeah she wants to go there for some reason and all the kids kind of join her just as like kind of this family friend kind of group thing big goonies vibe big type deal. Yeah, yeah yeah it's very short so i don't want to always give the length a gripe but it's like it's not able to give you very much information it's more of just about these two talking to each other on their way to the cave and like she really wanting to get out of the life she lives, which yeah, anyone would if they're working for the Empire. It's a child who who looks up at the sky and wants to wants more out of their life. You yeah, know? and she keeps grasping this like symbol type of like amulet she has, uh, and she just you know nothing is really being said. So you fast forward. Um, wait, actually, that's yeah. I'm doing the whole entire story, but that's basically the synopsis of like the beginning. She yeah, just th- not that's... travel to Screecher's cave. Yeah, so cut to Screecher's reach. Um, and they they find this ghost that's supposed to be haunting it. Um, and first of all, I want to say I and I wrote this down in my notes. You loved it. The art style of the fucking villain. The, the ghost darkness with... coming in closer and closer around and there, it or just becoming like this ja- a ja- a bunch of jagged spikes of darkness that kind of formed into. Sort of a human, yeah. very reminiscent of like a lich from Dungeons and Dragons or something. This completely undead shadow creature, awesome yeah. dude, loved it. Uh, turns out that this is a a Sith yeah. of uh, an old Sith that's either run away or gone mad. It was hiding in a cave. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure again what uh, what kind of timeline they want to play. If this is a, a a part of the timeline where the Sith are in hiding, I would assume. 
if it's chilling out in this cave and everybody Actually, I think this whole ending of the episode, she's meeting up with a Sith. She's not meeting up with a, a Jedi. Yeah, I have thinking. no idea the inner Did you work- see the eyes? That's, yeah. a, that's a Sith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have no idea the inner workings of the Sith. It's, it's all very confusing to me. But anyway, they, they get attacked by a fucking Sith that was presumed to be a ghost. And through pretty much sheer force of will. And luck. And luck, this main character ends up, uh, ends up killing the, uh, the Sith because of, she ate, turns out to be force sensitive and drops a motherfucking rock on this thing. Yep. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool, but the ending is where it really fucking got me. Mm-hmm. Like you said, this spaceship comes down after these kids get out of the, out of the cave. Spaceship comes down, this very elegant, tall um, uh, femme figure steps out. It, it's like a light's coming out of it, so you are meant to believe that this is, once again, the Jedi coming to retrieve you know, a young apprentice yep. that are force gifted. She says like, you've done well. And you know, the, you know, the apprentice, the young girls, like I, f- I followed what the, you know, you, you know, the amulet wanted me to do. And it seems kind of like pure hearted. And I think the twist of it turning out to be, you could see in the eyes and that no Jedi will send a young kid that has never been trained to kill a Sith. Yeah. To get the right to become a Sith. Well, also- how you earn a Sith, you know, apprenticeship is defeating another Sith. For me, it was the fact that this figure looked at the looked at this little girl and who was holding the lightsaber, the Sith lightsaber, and said, "That's yours now." Yeah, I was that, like, that "Okay, too, yeah." That's so they've just been waiting for somebody to kill this Sith Lord to become the new. This person obviously wasn't taking on an apprentice and was fucking up the whole yeah. cycle. So with this young girl killing, we can start the cycle over again. And I don't know who this figure is. Obviously, someone higher than a Sith Lord or some arbiter of Sith culture or whatever, maybe some deeper Star Wars fan can explain what kind of title she that this person holds. But I thought it was crazy because then her friends don't like you. It's not obvious that this person is evil. So her friends. Uh, no, but she chooses you. It's almost like what you have to do when you're a Jedi, too. But you have to choose to leave. That's which is closest to you because having emotions or connection yeah. makes you weaker. And for so. for this particular instance, I think it was that her friends wouldn't have let her do like evil shit. You know, she had to be yeah. taken away to be kind of cut off. Very a lot of speculation, though. Like I said, not a lot of information. We're just no. going off of all this guessing because it's just the way it ended. But it was I ca- crazy. I kind of like that about it, you know, where it's like this kind of cryptic ending where the characters in the show think that something good has happened to their friend. You know, she's gone on to bigger and better things. Where we as the audience know that that's not the case. She just became an evil person. You are right about that. And that's why I'm sitting on a rating where it's really hard. Because story-wise, I'd give this a very high rating. Yes. I'm not a big fan of the animation. The ending with the you know the dark coming into the, yep. with the cave, it was cool. But it's just not what I'm into personally. But it's like, if they would have just made... I kind of almost wanted a kind of a little bit like two 20-minute episodes. Because... I wanted her to have that connection with her friend group a little more so when she did leave and them, you knowing that she's doing bad things and they don't know that, <laughs> would have hit a little bit harder. But the fact that they did it in 15 minutes is great. But I thought you see they did what I mean? well, yeah. It's like I, I want to give it a good rating, but because I was limited on so much of getting, I can't give it that 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10. The the character building is just impo- almost it's impossible, impossible to do, but for, for the 14, 13 minutes of runtime or whatever, yeah. I thought they did a fair job of at least making you understand that like this is a ragtag group of friends that has kind of always been right. together. And that, but imagine a first episode of like sure. their daily life of mining, and how you see that she has a certain character behind her. That all of a sudden she just starts being more like fixated on this cave, 
And when she was in the cave, you could see that they kept calling to her and she wouldn't pay attention. She just went on her own. Yeah. And then them seeing her, like, she's acting so much different would have hit you a little bit more. It just is a shame. I some w- of these stories I wanted to give a little longer. I wouldn't hate if some of these became their own series. Yeah, I do exactly. understand what you mean. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to the rating, it's going to be easier to do it with the lightsaber almost because uh, I can almost give it to the blue. Uh, but I have it on my number rating like a 7.5 sure. out of 10. So it'd be more near the purple lightsaber. It's right in the middle for me. It's good, but I think unless you give me more of it, I don't think it's I think it's weaker than some of the others. So. Okay. That's what. That's where I'm going. I guess that's fair. Um, I will give it a blue lightsaber. Blue, Solid lightsaber. blue lightsaber. I okay. thought it was very, very good for what it was. Um, definitely a stronger finish than the start, but I think because of the mundane start, that made the, uh, the kind of holy fucking shit finish hit a little bit harder. So yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great next, uh, a great next episode after the masterpiece that was Sith. Fair enough. Okay, so. We go on to episode three called In the Stars, a 16-minute um, episode done by Punk Robot. Punk Robot um, it was based out of Santiago, Chile. Oh, okay. And has a reputation of one of the best animation studios in the country. They formed in 2008, and they produced things of um, Last Adventures of Del Muala and Perlita and Bear Story. But it's in Spanish, but then it says Bear Story. So I'm going to say Bear Story because sure. I can't speak Spanish. To not offend any Spanish speakers I, out there. I would, and it's it's horrible. Uh, but they're also notable for winning the Oscar for Best Animated Short Film in 2015. That makes Honestly, when you said that they're known as one of the best animation studios in the country, I'm like, that makes fucking sense to me. Like, if they... If, gee, I, first of all, I don't know how many animation studios there are in Chile. Maybe they have... Is this claymation? Uh, claymation? I wouldn't say this is... This is stop motion. I would stock co- motion. Stop motion. So it's it's I think the same style as a claymation, but I just don't think that they used clay for the for the material. Gotcha. So same idea. I, I don't quote me on that. Again, and if, if there's somebody out there that is very studied on this stuff, please join the Discord post and uh, teach me, baby. Hmm. Um, but yeah, and I don't think this was clay. Um, and it's definitely not the classic Witcher Wallace and Gromit ass claymation. That's for sure. Yeah, very stylized. Do you want to do the synopsis? You want me to? Uh, I can try to do the synopsis. We'll see how much I remember this bad boy. Uh, so it def- it starts out as a, a young girl and her older sister are kind of living in this post apocalyptic world where everything is poisoned. Uh, there is a very very cool scene where the little girl does some like. Uh, I guess kind of like a paint. She's doing finger painting. See, I kind of like finger painting, but this is like magical finger painting. I'm because they don't have much water on this planet. Yeah, and she's using the little water they have to make paint, so she can put it on the rocks. That's why her sister's like, "You got to stop wasting the water." And I will say that that was very heavy on the um on the tell don't show angle, but for a which isn't your favorite thing. But for a twenty minute short, if you're gonna have that much kind of world building to why the world they is had like to explain this. like what happened to their mom you got fighting back against the empire you gotta dump this shit but yeah. anyway it cut to the empire came uh pulled a fucking nestle corporation and <laughs> said hi this water is ours now and um because we can because we can what the fuck are you gonna do about it and oh yeah any uh, water that you could access we're just gonna dump all our waste there sorry <laughs> uh so it just ravages this planet the natives it's it's a a theme of environmentalism and anti- yeah, the entire planet is covered in smoke that they haven't seen the sun in years. It's awful. and they're 
religion is based off of when their loved ones die, they become stars up in the sky. So not being able to see the stars almost makes it so they never get to see their mom. Yeah. Or they always feel alone. And yeah. it's kind of emotional to where the big sister kind of, she's older, she just won't accept any hope is left. Very cynical, yeah. yeah and like cynical. you said, uh, in their culture, uh, it's very important. that You know, it's, it's one of those, uh, when you die, you become a star type. Which I like that believes. signification That's because very cool. if you don't believe in heaven, whatever, at least believing that you become literally a star in the sky, um, it's beautiful. It means something. Yep. So, and with a power like the Force, it it becomes it makes a lot more sense. It becomes more objectively real mm-hmm. uh, than in our world, where it's very much more faith faith based, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I like that, but uh, the big you you kind of mentioned it a little bit. Well, one of the big things in this little backstory is uh it is hinted at the mom was force sensitive. She walks in, she starts fucking up a bunch of these stormtroopers or whatever. But eventually she loses. Eventually yeah. she loses because of the just overwhelming number of of empire troops, but uh it is hinted that this family is force sensitive. So, uh the big kind of plot piece is the sister tries to sneak in like she always does to steal water from this giant water factory or whatever the hell the empire's got going on so she's going all stealth mode but the little sister is like i'm gonna go in and help you she sneaks in after her big sister gets caught becomes this whole kind of chase scene yeah cool chase scene where the you know kids are not really able to defend themselves they're just running and booking out of there trying to to make it out with their lives yeah yeah but uh the at at one point, the little sister falls off a cliff. The big sister dives after her, and they both tap into their force sensitivity and like magnet towards each other, mm-hmm. giving them the power to finally defeat this this plot of the empire. Oh, yeah, and, and it, the little plot armor because like the entire base crumbles underneath the water that they like to, like brought back down yeah. by breaking the water tower. Yeah, they broke the dam. Everyone and... else like dies in the the ensuing crumbling, but they were in the water safe and sound. Could say that it was the force. It could be the power of love of the of the sisters, but it was a little far fetched. But it was cool. Yeah, I'll know? take it. You know, it's a happy. It was a happy I per- ending. I was thinking about this too because a lot of these have happy endings, and I thought, you know, for this anthology type, for for what we're getting, for what I'm watching, I'd rather have a bunch of like hug me happy endings. Than yeah, a bunch la- of, like, last death one and in season one, there was somewhere it's like it went the dark side and it ends. The and last, like, Damn. yeah, the last episode of season one was like, oh man, that was fucking dark. <laughs> Shit, dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, uh, really well done. Um, once again, and an- a lot of these animations tested me, but after I gave it a solid four or five minutes, and I tried to just follow the story because yep. when you're when you're an anime fan, you have to accept that some animation ain't gonna look the great, and if you don't like it because of that and the story, good. But you know, give it a shot first. So I did. Yeah. I I ended up really liking this one too. I'm glad. I'm gonna give it a blue lightsaber. Okay. All right, I will also, I'm going to, there's a common theme here. I'm going to give also give this a blue lightsaber. Is it all blues for you? There's no Probably. Bads. I mean, I could probably give. Um, you're going to hate the one I love. I actually don't. I know which one you're talking about. And that one was, was pretty good. A little edgy, but pretty fucking good. You know what I mean? <laughs> fucking guys talking about, I want to go darker with the Sith. And then he says edgy. Oh my God. I want the Sith to be good guys, man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's fine yeah no I, I i thought this was really cool really stylized i don't see a lot of stop motion animation like you brought it up but when the when the water crashed like as much plot armor what is what was in that scene i thought it was cool as fuck looking like stop yeah, motion yeah. water like that's that was pretty that's good dope as shit dude it was nice yeah so definitely at least a blue lightsaber for me yeah ended up on a nice happy note so well done from them so we now go to episode four which is i am your mother 
only 12 minutes uh, and a claymation one. I'm pretty sure this is the one I was telling you about that was done uh, by the Chicken, Chicken Run, Run studio. Uh, let me look and see. A British studio, uh, Ardman, known studio in the lineup because it has the, uh, the uh, where is it? Uh, Wallace and Gromit, Shaun okay. the Sheep movies, um, and definitely Chicken Run. Yeah. So as soon as I saw the 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 astronaut guy who's like <laughs> running this whole race or whatever, as soon as I saw him, first thing, Witchio Wallace and Gromit ass, get out of here, get the fuck. <laughs> but uh, to its credit, I thought it was a a very heartwarming, wonderful little story. Uh, I'm not. I'm this is all- probably the most children friendly episode. Yeah. Most like I could see a six year old, five year old watching this with their parents mm-hmm. and trying to be like a symbolism of motherhood and you know your connection with your child. Very heartwarming. Um, I'll say the synopsis is just about this young girl who basically is raised more on the I'd say the poorer centers of the city with her mom. Yep. Who is basically like a plumber mechanic slash does a bunch of finicky stuff and she's a little odd. She. She likes to have comedy. She has some quirkiness to her. A classic tinkerer. Yeah, if you she's will. a tinkerer, and um, it, it's it's all around. You know, pretty much played off that. You know, the daughter is a little bit embarrassed of her her mom because as when they were younger, teenagers are. Yeah, as all teenagers are, because when they were younger, they would like practice being flighter pilots together. Red one, red two, which is yeah, call back to what they say in Star Wars when they're like, "Got you, red leader. Yeah. On one, red leader." Like, you know, they all just. I love the Family Guy skit where they do all the red. This is Red Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, and uh, that's basically the synopsis, and she heads to um, the Flight Academy um, and doesn't tell her mom that there's actually a race today, a family race, because she is embarrassed of her mom. Little does she know, she forgot her lunch, so her mom shows up, because, you know, you got to have something going on for this episode, (laughs) and it happens to be there. And there happens to be, of course, the bully of the school. A lot of stereotypical for me. This is why I say it's for the younger. It's very easy to follow. It's very... Yeah, High you know, schoolish. You know who the Dink family is. Like you're, we're waiting for them to. Yeah, crash, they're like. very privileged. They're trying to technically kill. Um, it the seems there's a little moita going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah trying to kill them to win a race that literally doesn't really matter. It's just a family <laughs> race. So, uh, yeah, that's what ensues. It's just this big, uh, like back and forth race with uh survival going on, and then a little of coming to grips with. The uh, the the daughter telling her mother, "I'm embarrassed of you," and and like instead of like a big like argument goes on, the mom just understands and just deals with it and says, "I'm your mother." It's it's hard to really explain what goes. It's just a race, and it's, it's a bonding between a mother and a and a daughter. It's PG Redline. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Redline's way better than this. But. Well, of course, Redline's <laughs> better than most things. <laughs> okay. But that's like you know, come on. But yeah, no, I uh, I enjoyed the the. Kind of, it's a very tropey episode. Don't get me wrong. And like, the claymation, this is the weakest one for me out of all of them. For the animation style, yep. Your least now, favorite. Now, everybody, I understand they put some hard work. It's a lot of work. When I give criticism, it's because what I like and don't like. Claymation dropped at two points for me immediately, sure. and then the story was all right, easy to watch, not hating it, but it's so easy to write and stereotypical. Out of all the things we've watched, that yeah. are kind of like new, kind of is the safest episode. So it's you know, different. It's not as hitting hard for me. I don't know about you. you I I enjoy, I'm kind of a sucker for that, like, for those really tropey, wholesome type sitcom fucking plot lines. As long as it's not edgy. Yeah, exactly. I'm a Moe boy, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I don't like conflict, and they resolved it quickly. Uh, No, I thought it was fine. I I liked the the PG red line aspect. I like the whole race type thing. 
I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't, there's not a lot to dig your teeth into. I mean, my, my notes were literally with your wallet and grommet ass. Go poor family. And, <laughs> Go poor family. Because, uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to see the uh, the less privileged family kick the shit out of the, the big rich assholes. Like, that's that's always that's wonderful. That's what I mean. It, it's meant to make you be like, yeah, lower class beat your fucking <laughs> And then it's just an, another heartwarming-ass episode, you know? There's a lot of these. They just keep hitting you over the head with wholesome-ass shit. So uh, I, I didn't hate it at all. Again, Claymation's not my favorite art yeah. style either, uh, but I... And, and like you said, we're not any criticisms. It's not of the craftsmanship of the art of the artist. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is, that's what I'm saying. They they do more hard work than I could ever do. It's, so it's I'm like, criticizing what I like, and I don't like it. It's like music. So. Like we don't like country music. We're not saying yeah, it's bad. But those we country just, music players. You know? Yeah, you know what I mean. Same idea. So, uh, I mean, I but I. For what it was, you know, I'm, I guess I'll give it a blue lightsaber again. Oh, he's giving I got, it a blue. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think it's quite, like, I guess purple would be acceptable too, but I don't think it's quite. Well, because of the lightsabers, it's going to be a yellow. Interesting. So okay. it's the lowest, I will say it now, it's pretty much one of the lowest ones. It is not these. for me. I have one that I genuinely But just... you gave it a blue still, so nothing should be below a blue if you gave this a blue, because this is the most simplest you just said that. Yeah, it's the simple plot, yeah, sure, but like there's That's there's, why... there's other episodes that we'll get to that I actually disliked. Okay. I genuinely disliked, and I didn't dislike this, so I guess for this being very, I guess I will give this a purple lightsaber just yeah. to have some dichotomy here. Yeah. I, I what my rating was for Matt was gonna be a six. It's fine. Sure. It's like I give a Kebby Seal uniform. It looks beautiful. Technically nothing wrong with it. No conflict as well, and that's what happens. I'm I'm bored. Yeah, I got you. So uh yeah, six out of ten, yellow lightsaber, not bad though. Not bad. All right. Very good. We will move on. All right. So the next one is called episode five, Journey to the Dark Head. One of the longest ones out of on there. It's like eighteen minutes. It said twenty one, but it's there's like a long thing of yeah. credits. Done by Studio Mer. Uh, this one is done by a South Korean animation powerhouse with credits that you will absolutely know, which are The Legends of Korra, The Boondock Saints, which was the fourth season, Harley Quinn's HBO series, and then The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf animation, oh, okay. which was phenomenal. So that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Uh, very good for that. And they've done a couple Mortal Kombat uh, legendary shows or whatever. Sure, sure. You might have to do the synopsis on this because I genuinely am. This having, is a lot of details. There's a there's you a need lot. to know a little bit about like some kind of stuff that goes on Star Wars. Yeah, to so I'll let so. you take the synopsis on this one, and I will try to fill in if you any information that you might not be able to remember. Maybe that's the shit that my brain remembers. Who knows? Right. But I'll let you start off. Yeah, it's basically opening up in somewhat of a temple. Um, in the Star Wars lore, there are people that keep basically the records of the history it's just like in any society you need to know your history it's coming back to me now yeah so you open up to this young girl who is basically a sensitive or some type of reader of these old scrolls future telling scriptures that are on these rocks you look at a rock you feel it and it tells you somewhat in the future um some kind of premonition uh and they are just being told uh, she has to give her story, and her story is, it just happens to be a depiction of light and dark. And the master says, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. Add it to history. And she more of questions like, why can't we end the cycle? Because they're the keepers of the history, but they don't get involved in any conflicts or the battles between good and dark. They're basically just there to keep the records. Yeah, if and that it's makes like, any sense. If they can see the future, why can't they intervene? I have to give it a little more context because they give themselves an extra six minutes because 
you can tell they're trying to talk really about the story here. Sure. And they have a lot more than like one or two characters. They're trying to add like three characters or something like that to the story. So they have to add a little bit more. So you fast forward not too long after, you know, you see her as a young child. This girl is now grown up and she has gone to the Jedi Council and asked for help uh, in regards to doing a mission to take down the sacred statue that apparently represents uh, basically the the what would i call it the embodiment of like the good and evil and what happens that, that's kind of how it struck me as these uh it's sta- amazing that i love this episode but i can't explain it completely because you only had 18 well, minutes these statues seem to be like conduits for the dark side and the, the light, light side, side yeah the 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 force and the sith or whatever the fuck the difference is however you want to split them seem to be conduits of these and that's how they were able to prophesize and and she and had read a theory the that if you severed the head of it it would not the power source would no longer be there yeah she was in belief that one of them was a conduit for dark and one of them was a conduit for light and if you were to destroy the like you said destroy the the head of the dark statue then then that would uh, take care of it so that's where she's going she convinces the jedi council to let her go on this mission to to try to but destroy But they will this. have a Jedi escort oh, with yeah, her, well, which they do in everything. They always send a Jedi escort for all these missions, and uh, she happens to be going with the one and only character that I actually remember just because it was an interesting name, which I think was either Thorm or Thorn huh. um, was the Jedi's name, the white-haired guy. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, that name is just like, oh, that's a pretty interesting name, so now I haven't forgotten it. Our little tragic backstory, edgy anime boy. Which I won't call it a tragic backstory, because every Jedi has pretty much gone through a tragic yeah. backstory of loss of their masters, and they have to get over their emotional loss and not fall into fear and anger. So you just hate the stereotypical Jedi, not not the edginess. <laughs> so, no, it's it really wasn't. It wasn't like... It was the most bloodiest of, it, it, of, of all these animations, because it just shows a flashback to... This Sith literally owning all the Jedi around this poor young apprentice Padawan who shouldn't even have been there. And then basically having nightmares of it because like everyone's getting their like bodies chopped in half and losing. Yeah. You got the green lightsaber girl that you're saying are the most powerful. She did like one strike and lost to this guy. Like he literally just beat everybody. (laughs) He fucked them all up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, But yeah, that that's pretty much cut to the mission. They, they go to this giant, um, this giant statue this girl and this Jedi with plenty of wholesome, friendly banter along the way, as you do, as you should. Um, yeah, but uh, the the big kind of plot thing is when they run into this aforementioned Sith Lord that slaughtered this guy's entire and he's trying fucking, to all stop, his homies. You know, this lady from doing what they plan on doing, which yeah. is destroying the statues. Is that what he is? He actually trying to stop them, or was he? Did he just happen to be there and was like, "Hey, little boy," I'm I thought sure. I thought he was going after the kid. He was going after the girl. Okay. And he was the escort, and that's why he said, isn't it fate that we meet again like this? Okay. Now, why this show gets, or this episode gets a higher rating, because all this stuff is very confusing. When it comes down to them to fighting, which is amazing animation. That's it why was beautiful. They're, they're, they're very good at uh, making lightsaber battles. That's what I want to see, because I like lightsaber battles, yep. and a lot of these didn't have a lot of lightsaber battles. Um. They're fighting on top of the statue, and while this is going on, it's kind of like a Goku and Vegeta when they were powering up Majin Buu without them knowing. They are powering up the statue because one is good, one is bad. The emotions, the clashing, the pretty much the meeting of the Force caused the whole statue to actually activate. Yeah. 
And the lady goes back to her previous, when she was a child, premonition of seeing the dark and the light clash and fate being left up into her hands. And she didn't understand when she was a child. Now it comes to a crossroads where you're at the point to where do you sever the head and do your plan of what you're going to do, or do you save the the Jedi that's about to fall off this statue because it was crumbling? Yeah. And she chose to do the latter and save the Jedi, which kept the whole tug and war between light and dark to still continue. Now, wasn't the reason that she chose that was because she noticed when she finally got to the top of the statues that not one was dark and one was light, but they were it's almost literally, a yin and yang. It's literally, you need a light and you need the dark. There will always be a yin, there's always going to be a yang. They were like mixed. None of what, they were both yes. conduits for both They would come sources. together and, and it wouldn't be like purple, it'd be blue and red, just yeah. in the same area. No, it was a crunch berry. <laughs> it, was a, it was a crunch. So, this is why it's more of like just telling through what you kind of understand and it's not saying it out loud and like all this stuff is happening. You're kind of getting it as you watch it. Yep. And then she comes to the realization of that. And I don't know. It ends with both of them pretty much walking away where they're going to like continue adventure of just doing what they can do is their part. He understands after this conflict, he understands what he needs to let go of the emotions, yep. except that, you know, he's in the world now he will do what he can and that's all you can be expected to do. Sure. And she decides to work with him. Now, is that going to be a budding romance? Because, you know, Jedi aren't allowed to? Who knows? That's why I would have loved to see more episodes of this. Because you may have, you said they kind of talked a little bit in between before the yeah. battle. What I want to give a shout out to is that where you say, like, this is Edgelord guy. He didn't act like an Edgelord no. guy to me because he was actually very talkative. He was snarky. He was quick-witted. He isn't a normal Jedi. Jedi, even Padawans, are supposed to be very proper, very kind of toned when they speak. Anakin was one of the few people that was very loud and proud yeah. when he became a teenager and older. But when you watch every other Jedi, they're very like, what do you need, Master? And all that <laughs> stuff. So seeing a character actually be a little bit different was cool. It was refreshing. He was actually talking back to her. He was being a little quick-witted, like, you know? And I kind of like that. Sure. So, sure. uh... No, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't mean to... It, it's really not that edgy. It's it's the fact that we're surrounded with all these wholesome fucking British studios that's like, yes, mother and daughter and find common ground. And then in the middle of ground. all these episodes, it just comes in with You a- get this fucking, now that's what I call anime volume 23, classic <laughs> as battles and tragic backstories and families have been slaughtered by an evil villain. Like, it's all, it's just normal shonen shit. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's not an edgy, it's not like Hell's Paradise or anything. Don't get me wrong. Definitely not. Compared to everything else. Uh, But what I did like about it is uh, just some visual things, first of all, uh, in the backstory. I loved that the Sith Lord had this, like, rattlesnake tail fucking thing. That that was cool as fuck. It's like, yeah, the hilt. That was neat as fuck. Was that the hilt of his uh, lightsaber? Is that what that was? I thought it was the hilt. I couldn't tell where it was coming from. I didn't know if it was, like, an attached mechanical tail or what. Either way, it was very fucking cool. I thought that was uh, the music awesome. was also hitting with that. Ending. Music was yeah. sick. Uh, the you're right, the just the classic anime style uh, made for some great battles. You know what I mean? Uh, and I liked what I I really enjoyed at the end was it uh, it hinted at more of a friendship than a romance. Yeah, whereas you normally you could just go right into like oh. I we just went through this traumatic thing, and I'm gonna hug you and no, look no, deeply no. into your eyes. And I'm not saying that they could have. A, I say they could have a romance. It could. They could it, just be friends. It's a hundred percent true. But you don't know 
because there's only one episode. And all I'm saying sure. is that I would have done a whole adventures of those two doing things sure. to not change the world, but just do their part in the galaxy. Like yep. I say, small, short stories of. But I like the fact that it didn't immediately. It didn't think male and female. They, yeah. we, they have to be in a relationship at the end of this traumatic. It's just like they just walked away bantering like friends would. It, they could have been any gender and it would have yeah. flowed just the same. Yep. I enjoyed that. Yes. Um. So that was cool, and I also like the scale of the statues because they were like these oh monumental God, yeah. fucking things, and watching because like tiny she, to little try to blow people. up the statue, she basically had to set mines around the neck and try to yeah. set them off to blow it up. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. But I'm gonna give it. It's my only ten out of ten. My green lightsaber. Uh yeah, I'm a sucker for the animation. I'm a sucker for that fucking lightsaber battle. But also, I just found it to be like a Rogue One type of episode where they had to do this mission they didn't die it didn't end up being but for a short episode it was cool and it made me kind of want to continue the adventure so that means you really hooked me sure sure i get that i will uh i will give it a blue lightsaber uh very good very great uh definitely not exper as experimental as some of the other ones we've seen so maybe that was kind of a bummer for me because it isn't a style I've seen a billion times I think it was a refresh before. because after four episodes and different animation, sure. it was good to get back into a little bit of an anime episode. I feel that. Yeah. I truly do. I, I get what you mean. But uh, definitely, there was absolutely nothing wrong with that. I thought the story was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a solid blue lightsaber. Blue lightsaber. Blue all day. So next we have episode six, The Spy Dancer. 17 minutes. Uh, definitely going to be probably one of Earthworm's favorites because he was talking about it quite a bit. Uh, it is Studio La Cachette. I think I did that right. Not bad. I am 50% French. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> uh, but yeah, they are from Paris, France. Uh, they're best known for their work of Love, Death, and Robots, season one short to uh, Sucker of Souls. All right. I'm going to have to check out Love, Death, and Robots if this is what yeah. they're doing. Uh, they have Day Trip to the Aquarium of Doom, Mune, Guardian of the Moon, uh, a whole bunch of other ones. Um, they uh, contributed work to Adventure Time. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Very cool. All right, so I guess I will take the synopsis for this bad boy. So it uh, it is pretty much a kind of a Cirque du Soleil style club. Um, one of those acrobatic style where the the person uses a fabric rope type thing to suspend themselves in the air and do a bunch of wild stuff. It is a club like that where stormtroopers frequent uh, on their off time to have a drink and relax and enjoy a show. So uh, you find out that the one of the, pretty much most of the people working there, but the two main people are this one waitress and the main performer, and they are spies for the rebellion. They have the they they're pretty much deal is they have these stormtroopers come in, get a little drunk, relax, uh, get loose, and uh, they try to gather as much information as they can and pass it on to the rebels. So. Uh, you got this performance. Um, we'll talk about the animation afterwards, but I just want to get Very through the story. Very unique. Just want to get through the story now, and then I will gush about this shit. So we have this performance of, uh, of this main, uh, kind of older, older milfish woman, if you will. Um, oh, milfish, huh? I, I thought she was pretty really hot. set the scene, huh? I thought she was elegant and beautiful. Like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I like the daughter. So she's, she's doing this, <laughs> this kind of acrobatics routine. And uh, she kind of goes off the handle because it flashes back to her tragic backstory of when uh, a imperial is there like a admiral? Okay, imperial admirals. One of the admirals uh pretty much fucks up her entire family and everybody. Yeah, her village took her son. Takes her son. She sees one of them up in the balcony. She pulls an audible, 
by herself, um, really putting a lot of fucking r- plans at risk. She goes to try to kill this guy, and then right before she stabs him in the throat, she sees gets a good look at his face, and she hesitates. Uh, so then, after this, I mean, th- that's kind of like showing your whole ass at this point. It's very obvious that this is a... Yeah, a, literally the guy was like, you're an assassin, everyone kill her. And then all the stormtroopers was like, oh, get to work, get to work. Yeah, so all the stormtroopers fucking down their beers, throw their helmets back on. Um, I love they kept the trope of stormtroopers can't shoot anybody. They do, it's yeah. so funny. I love it. Bad guys are bad shots. Like, yep. minions can't kill. That's that is the, the one Star Wars trope they'll never leave. Minions can't kill. They just, it's not fun for to get shot by stormtrooper B, you know? <laughs> So uh, there's this fucking crazy chase scene. There's this wild acrobatics going on. The daughter there, jumps in the, and actually, because she was told to leave because the mom knew she was probably going to make a mistake. Yeah, the mom and, tells everybody to leave. She's ready to take this on by herself. But the daughter's like, no, we're doing this together. And she does her fucking yoga type of Pilates, jumping up and down acrobatic shit as well with the ribbons. So Absolutely wild. Um, she takes on this fucking Terminator-like robot, which, and I love when the the hacker kind of guy, the behind-the-scenes guy, shows up with the circular saw <laughs> and fucking cuts the robot's head I like off. it how, though, she pulled the robot apart with mm-hmm. the elasticity yes. and all that, using force as she pumped down. I'm like, that's unique right there. Oh, my so. God. Anyway, so the, oh real, my God. the anyway. real crux of this story is um, this this older, this performer, this this head of this club, uh, comes face to face with this admiral and instead of killing him she starts to talk to him and she's like what do you remember about who you are like why do you hide who you are all this cryptic shit as the audience we're start i'm starting to think and comes to find out it's true this is her son from a past life from from when this all happened was taken by the previous admiral raised as his son and now is part of the empire so she kind of plants into his head that like this is not who you are, you know, remember where you came from type deal, and then dips away, leaving the Admiral alive to stand on his ship and ponder, like, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I doing the right thing? It's a, it's a very open-ended ending. There's no real conclusion. It's, it's kind of like, where do we go from here? But it is very much confirmed, though, when the Admiral takes his hat off at the end. He has... So this, this species... It's not like regular humans. They're an alien species. No, there's a whole bunch of races in the galaxy. Yeah, so the the, the performer had like little spikes, kind of. It's kind, almost like a tiefling, kind of very like Gate, like yeah. a very tiefling light, um, like half tiefling, half human, or whatever, uh, tiny spikes. So you see this admiral at the end when he removes his hat, he has the scars of when his spikes were removed, and yeah. uh, he find again the eye patch that he was wearing is because these these. This species has like a heterochromia or whatever with the two different colored eyes. So he's completely hiding the fact that he is a, a non-human or whatever. And I just thought it was, I thought the story was like fine and it was really cool. And I liked the open-ended shit. What really got me about this though was the animation. Yeah. Personally. When I said I, like, I wasn't a big fan of it right away, you were like immediately looking at me like, I'm going to fight you, which... Hey, it's to each their own. Everyone likes their own animation, but it's definitely a unique one. You know, being it's very uh, French, it's so definitely... different than what we've seen. And I will agree with you that it was very jarring in the beginning, the first few minutes, because uh, where I think this animation style really shines is through its movement. Uh, so very more static uh, scenes kind of come came off very jarring, especially to us who are used to the anime stylings. You know? Yeah. 
Uh, but when the movement started, when the performance happened, all of the action scenes, the chases, the fights, um, oh my fucking God, I finally understand why everybody who knows a thing or two about animation says that French animation is the like pinnacle of animation. It was beautiful. It was stylized, elegant. It was weightful, like weighted. You know That's what, what I mean? mean? Like pulling apart the the bot, like felt like other than just the force always pulling something apart. It was literally a girl just using force and like weight and everything to yep. get it to happen. That that definitely you know stood up with me. I'm like, oh, I get what you're saying. It felt like a robot getting pulled apart, not a cartoon of a robot, but it looked. Like uh, the amount of force that was being shown was proportionate to yeah. real life, mm-hmm. and that's personally what I value in animation the most: is things feeling real, yeah. feeling heavy like or we light. Explained in Vinland Saga with cutting trees, like exactly. make it forceful, make you, it weighted. You got to make it look like an axe really went into a tree. It's not just about the movement, but it's about how things react to that yep. shit. And that's been true since the beginning so, of animation. So, yeah, it, well done. And, and and a nice pull in the rug out from underneath. Like, that's my son. And it held to the fact that that's what a lot of the, um, you know, Empire did is they went in and they recruited all the men. It's to symbolize almost like the old-fashioned Nazis that they would take in to make more of their... Well, that's what the Stormtroopers are. The Stormtroopers that's were actually... That's they are, but he was able to become an admiral, but still he was taken from his home and yeah. made to become an, basically an imperialist. And it's just, it's crazy, but it's exactly how it would happen. It's just another little small story in this vast world. And I like that. So, and I do want to give a quick shout out to the, uh, so in the club, there was the guy playing whatever weird alien instrument. He was responsible for the OST during the fight in the chase scene. I don't know if you noticed the one little scene where, so, you know, it's like all this like jazz, crazy fucking wild fusion jazz music. It shows a quick, like two second scene while this is all going on, of him actively playing the music that you are hearing. I don't leave you in of the actions here. So this man in this club is playing to the action that is happening around him. It was such a little addition that I thought made this fucking, made everything so much cooler. It's just like, I I live for the music and I die for the music. (laughs) All right, um, I'll go first with the rating. Okay. Because I know you really love this. Uh, Yeah. Because we're doing the lightsaber thing, I always give both of mine, but I'll always do the lightsaber for you. Uh, on the lightsaber thing, it's probably going to come out as a green. Okay. But in the rating, it's a 9 out of 10. Very good. I still think the other one previously was better for me. Sure. I liked everything about it. I liked the symbolism and all that stuff. And the animation's better than this one. Though the animation's great, I still like- You like the style. I of love- you. And that's South Korean, like Studio Mur, I have to pay attention to. Yeah. They're doing like the, the you know Witcher shit, so I got to pay attention to that. But this is a very- good anime and the fact that they pulled the rug on and I actually was like holy shit I was really invested by the end of it I Absolutely. liked it didn't really like the first four minutes and then I'm immediately great with it so yeah nine out of ten pretty good it, it, fucking amazing actually green lightsaber for me if I could give 11 10 out of 10, 10 12 out of 10 <laughs> yeah. like it's uh oh my god what have where have you been all my life French animation because I I've never seen I, I can't think of an anime that I've seen that was so stylized yet so so on point with everything, you know? Even, like, my favorite animations, the Neon Genesis Evangelions of the world, like, it was weighted and everything, but it didn't have that fucking elegant style that this had. Uh, it was beautiful, and it, blew my, it absolutely blew my mind. All right. Well, 
Can't top that. The second masterpiece of season two of Star Wars Visions. All right, so now we have episode seven called The Bandits of Golok. I think it's Golok. Uh, yes. If I can say that right, which I thought that was going to be the actual enemies, and it's not. And this is done by uh, 88 Pictures. Yep. Uh, an Indian animation studio, uh, boosting staff that has worked on DreamWorks hits like Shrek, Kung Fu Panda, Madagascar, How to Train Your Dragon. They also worked on Troll Hunters, Fast and Furious, Spy Racers, Samurai Rabbit, and uh, a whole bunch of others. Okay. So he's... You could tell that, uh, so background in 3D animation makes a lot of sense here. Uh, that This is the first fully 3D uh, rendered animation that we've seen. Uh, this season, at least. It basically, and what I compare this to is, like I said, I'm going to watch the Spider-Man show, but it has the animation like Spider-Man, uh, that the animated one. It's a, It's got the cartoony look, but it's 3D looking still. It's not completely animated 2D. It just feels like it's got a little weight behind it. Yeah, it's almost like a video game cutscene. Yeah, like a very the well, whole time. Very well, well rendered done. video game cutscene. So, how this one opens up, um, I'm going to just say right now, this one really got to me. Uh, call me a a little bitch when it comes to like a brother protecting his sister. Bro, but I, I I don't even I've, have a sister, and I know I like Siscon, but it's more of like the fact that you take care. Of, you're the only one that t- can take care of someone until she gets old enough, and then you know. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you're like, shut the fuck up. Uh, but yes, yeah, so you open up with this brother and sister. Basically, in a way, I think they're stowaways on an imperialist train. Yeah, that that's kind of uh, how it. Checks out. Uh, you go to an Imperial Strand that is going through a known rebel and um, kind of high, like, criminal area to the Imperialists. Uh, like, they're they're going through high, a risky zone. High rebel activity. Yeah, yeah, high rebel activity. They're just going through an area. But these two are basically just trying to survive, and they're using the train to get from A to B. And they call themselves the Bandits, basically, because they do, they're little thieves in yep. a way, or at least the brother is. And he's just trying to protect his... Little sister who is absolutely adorable, but for God's sake, she is very um, brick-headed on certain things. So she doesn't understand the element of surprise or yeah, being yeah. quiet. She's also like eight, so I get it. Like most eight-year-olds, yeah, I, I compared to I an adult, are much, just are kind of stupid. I'm it sorry. just happens to be centered around two people just trying to get to safety and getting kind of caught up in a little misadventure because at the same time, Basically, she gets noticed by people in the train using force powers because she's force sensitive. Yeah, because she wants to have this flute that her brother has, and she starts playing it on the train. So, of course, you got stormtroopers, and all this happening, the brother has to cause a scene to get the attention averted. And in that ensuing chaos, is exactly the exact same time rebels are attacking the train. Yeah, and that's kind of like the synopsis because it just happens. But my the whole funny thing is, like, he thinks they're all after him. I thought that was pretty, yeah. He, he's like, wait, all this because I stole some candy? Yeah. And it's not, it just happens to be they were caught up in it. Uh, it's just a very wacky kind of adventure at the beginning part, but you can kind of see the brotherly uh, bond with his sister and all that stuff, keeping her protected. This is kind of like a two-parter. It's like, so this train part was kind of to establish their their stay, like place in the world mm. and what what area of the timeline you are in in Star Wars? This is definitely after like the the Empire takes over, and they're and they're looking, trying to find any trying force to eradicate force sensitive people. So this is kind of like the setup, and then you get to the um where they've been trying the to, refugee the refugee camp where they where been trying the brother to ends up telling her this is where I've been trying to get you because he figured if I can't protect her, this refugee camp takes in anybody. Yeah, so 
What I also like is that if this was a longer short story, I could see them living a couple days in the refugee camp with all these weird different races of mingling people that are just trying to get away from the empire. Sure. They're just trying to survive. Um, and they are basically uh, meeting to who is basically, I think, the, the owner or the, the proprietor of this refugee, Something an older like lady that. that's yeah. uh, very kind. You could tell this is definitely an Egyptian studio because it's based- Indian. Is it? Did I, you, I believe you said Indian. I did just say that, didn't I? I got to make sure I didn't screw that up. Let me, let me look it over one more time. Excuse me, boy. It was Indian. My bad. <laughs> but it's just, it was, it was placed, it looked like in a desert. So I thought Egyptian for some reason. Uh, that's why when I thought the refugee, I thought they were in Egypt. And my bad. No, it's okay. I, uh, well, I mean, maybe it's not. You, you the listener, decide. <laughs> so, yeah, so they get to this refugee camp. And uh, in the middle of them being there, once again, the uh, sister cannot contain herself from using her force powers. Yeah. And gets noticed by a couple of the people. And at the same time, an Inquisitor shows up, which if you don't know who an Inquisitor is, it's the Sith that are trying to locate Jedi. Okay. So that makes makes more sense to why, like, this all of a sudden green-looking man who I know the animation is the same, but it almost looks like he was animated a little bit. He looked way more human. Human. It was creepy. Like, he is the picture that you see when you start this episode. I'm like, this is an interesting-looking one. Yeah. And then I watched the anime, uh, the show at the beginning, and I'm like, doesn't look like what I first saw. And then he shows up here at the end. And I'm like, damn, they did this person a lot different. Yeah, way different. But a very scary looking type of man. You could tell he is a Sith. Uh, he was my favorite part, a piece of animation. Like his, his, how he was his designed. Yeah, he was yeah, very I liked unique. Him a lot. And basically, he's on the look for, you know, Jedi. And he essentially knows that she is a Jedi. And you think, oh shit, how are they going to do this? And I kind of guessed. Because yeah. I just know how the shit works. The cryptic old woman in the, the background. The cryptic woman like, that's staring right. and keeping an eye on her. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, when all this ensues, I'm telling you, this is the only reason why I jumped up so high my level after the brother. All of a sudden, this old lady's like using her force powers to pretty much lift everything. And you're meant to believe it's the girl doing it. And she keeps saying, it's not me. Yeah. This lady pulls out two fucking lightsabers fucking... and gets into the, like the Yoda pose of like, let's go. And I'm just like, yo! <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. So she starts a riot. In the, the music camp. is going like nuts yep. at this point. They got like the the dust getting thrown up a little bit, and all that, while the lightsaber glow is like hewing over the dust, and then he has his red light. I'm like, bruh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it was great, dude. Yeah, no, I love how she starts a riot to yeah. like to distract everybody and make it so the force sensitive girl can get away from the exactly. The Sith. Yeah. And then she stands up, and like you said, she pulls out her cane, and you're thinking like, oh. Kane lightsaber. Okay, that makes sense. Kane li- one lightsaber. And then it's two, and she's like, oh, fuck you. Um, I'm a fuck you up right now. Uh, and where the 3D animation, I think, really shined was the ability to make a very fluid fight. That's oh, where, yeah. That's why they chose to do that for, like, Chainsaw Man for the action pieces, because it's it's easier to get fluidity out of it. I, 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 I maybe not, maybe easier is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just looks smoother. Um, and that's where I think this animation style really shines. And I just like the way she was a slower at her pace for a second, and then it picked up. Yeah. The music started going off. Like, the Indian music was crazy. That was sick. Like, it had, like, a mix of, like, it almost felt like it was, like, a dubstep with the with the, the Indian notes. I don't know. It, it, was, it was good. It was really good. I yeah. just thought it was all hype. And uh, in the end, you know, the Jedi prevails. She's obviously uh, been around the block, and she realized that um, this young girl is definitely have potential, one of, uh, you know, needs to be safeguarded so she opens up a secret passageway 
And like all sad things that even when you become a Jedi, she must now detach herself from the one connection and the one person in her life that has protected her. Yeah. And that is her brother. And it's almost, it, it almost teared me up the fact that the brother was able to easily do it, but was heartbroken when she left. But all that left remained was the flute that she wanted to play mm-hmm. so he could keep it as a safeguard to remember her. And um, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I thought that was good. I'm always a sucker for someone that is transporting or securing someone's safe passage through somewhere, whether sure. it's like the Sword of the Stranger or we watch uh, the Dororo. Yeah, okay. I had to go through all three of that I've watched and be like, Dororo? No, that's not <laughs> Yeah, Dorohidoro? No. No, not that one. So, yeah, it, all those ones I, ju- I just like. I very much enjoy, but now it's a brother and a sister and... It's it succeeded, you know. Sure. He was able to bring her safety, and she was happy, and she was, and you know, she's like, you know, I, I don't want to leave. But then they're like, we're gonna disband the bandits, and I don't know. Just it was cute. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna give it a green lightsaber. Okay. But it's a nine out of ten if I was doing Mal. Sure. That's you know, fair. That's fair. I, don't I get know about you. you. Uh, so uh, there was some stuff I definitely liked about it. I like how it leaned into the space Western aspect of Star Wars. It, ve- it felt very much uh, yep. like like an old school Western, um, you know, with the bandits chasing the train and stuff. It's like, yeah, a right. little comedy of like all this for candy. Yeah. Kind of doing more yeah. of that stuff. All, yeah. all that for you know, the refugee camp. Like it was it felt very much more space Western than I think um, more the most Star Wars media gets. Uh, I'm always in favor of a hidden Jedi. That you know, <laughs> that's that's always happening. Always a good thing. I will say though, uh, this is my. I I mm, it's hard to say because I have I have some thoughts about the next one, but um, <laughs> this is at least one of my least favorite art styles. You I don't like this, not, so I don't think you're gonna like the Spider Man then because it's almost like this. I've seen Spider Man and it's different. It's okay. definitely different. Um. But I don't know. Maybe it's just my my me not being hyped about 3D animation. It just it reminds me of like the backyardigans. You know what I mean? That and it's it granted this is with much more craftsmanship. I'm not saying it's to that level. It's just the same styling that even though it's better quality, I can't get that Nick Jr. style. It's fine. Of You're like me. What I'm talking head. about, like certain, like the all the other stores were yeah. good, but I didn't like that one because the a- animation is key for us. You know, yeah. you gotta like what you like. Masterfully crafted, and that's I've never shit on anybody for for that. Yeah. I can't do animation, but I just not my favorite. The story was wonderful, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna give it a purple lightsaber. Given just, the middle, yeah. yeah, just because it was kind of hard on my eyes. All things considered. <laughs> Were you watching on your phone, by the way? No, I was oh, watching okay. on on my my laptop, uh, not my laptop, my my PC. You know, my my big old curved monitor. You know, and it 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 looked fine. Again, it's just not my favorite styling. Much like you with the the claymation or whatever, where it's like, eh, I, I I can't say it's bad, but I not my not my cup of tea. We'll put it that way. Okay, you know what? And I respect it. That's why I'm, I I totally understand. Yeah, uh, animation's the big thing. So we got two more left. We're almost there. We got episode eight called The Pit. The Pit. 16 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. Who fucking knows? Uh, done by D-Art Shatajo. Okay. So here we go. Possibly your worst episode. Japanese anime studio Dart uh, delivers The Pit in collaboration with Lucasfilm's own animators. Okay. Obviously. So they did some of their own animation. 
Um, it was worked in the weekend's uh, music video called Snow Child. So interesting. That was also used some of it, but they have contributed works to Castlevania, which is absolutely true. That Attack makes... on Titan. Okay. One Piece and Fire Force. Interesting. So, yes, f- the only Japanese anime studio that worked with Lucas Arts Films. Uh, so to- not even a full Japanese production because Lucas Films is an American. And I think by the end of this episode, the Lucas films shine through, and at the middle point, which you'll understand where someone died, was the Japanese art studio, because they know how to make shit. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I'm just going to go off of that, because some things felt like the Japanese style, Yeah, and then some of it, I was like, yeah, here's the Disney bullshit. So So. I I will give... I'll give a quick synopsis. This is it. actually going to be an unbelievably easy one to synopsize. Very easy. So uh, it starts off with the Empire... Uh, having all of these poor people, I would assume, I don't know if they're prisoners or whatever. Mining. Uh, <laughs> mining for kyber crystals. They just literally go out into the desert and dig a fucking massive hole. And they keep digging this hole, and it seems like a project that's taking months, years. The hole gets huge. And then when they're done digging kyber crystals, everybody from the Empire up and leaves, leaving all of this... Uh, I mean, for lack of a better term, we'll just call them leaving all of these slave laborers. Yeah, uh, they unshackle them, but leave them down there to die anyway. Yeah, they leave. Every- I already have criticisms on that. Sure. Uh, I don't. I, it's very on the nose of like an imperial fucking power doesn't give a fuck about you as the worker. But it's also disnified, if I can call that. Sure. Because at the, the, the yeah. emperor, the empire is a little dumb to be like, I'm not going to lie. What normal people do like the Nazis did, you just kill them. You're like. You put them in a hole and you shoot them or yeah. you do something but, because that way it never affects you like it does at the end of this this anime. But, but there's, there's also a lot of, in, in genociding people like that, there's a lot of conserving resources. If they're at a war or they're fighting at yeah. the point where they need to run. Like, but they were, I, I assume the yeah. thought process for the Empire was they're going to die anyway. Why would we waste, you know, I why would it. we waste I'll... blaster ammo to... <laughs> but there's, I don't even think there's blaster ammo. How yeah. many times have we seen a storger just keep shooting? Yeah, I don't know how any of it works, but it, yeah. it, sure. Anyway, so anyway. There's, there's an entire community of people left in this, uh, I don't know, fucking half mile deep hole. Maybe not that deep, but you know, it's fucking deep. Pretty you know fucking I mean? deep. It's fucking a thousand feet deep. It, it's fucking in there. You know, you're not... It's not easily to climb out, but it kind. There are kind of two main characters. There is a, an older, like someone probably in Brotherly his late teens, figure. early twenties, maybe, and a younger girl. And this guy decides, I'm a, I'm gonna crawl my way out. I'm going to fucking. Climb <laughs> There's out always of here. hope in the dark. There's always light. There was a lot of like soapbox standing talking. So he crawls his way out. I want to give a shout out to the whatever fucking little armadillo creature. That was cool. They're not making it out of there without the armadillo creature. I also was thinking like that was a sign of him being a Jedi because they are good with animals. Maybe. But then. Turns out no. no nobody's force sensitive was... here. This is about community. Okay? This is about community. So he gets, he actually climbs his way out of this massive hole and he gets to the surface and he runs to this town, maybe a mile out of sight. And he just starts talking to people. Uh, looking for help. He literally gets on a soapbox, pretty much. Stands up. Behind a pillar of light, like, listen to me. He's telling everybody about what's happening, you know, that there are a bunch of people in this hole, uh, and we've been left to die, this, that, and the other thing. Quite obviously, the Empire doesn't like that. One of my bigger problems with, like, uh, 86 was, like, you can't just say stuff about the bad government and expect to not get your ass kicked. Well, to be fair, he gets his ass kicked. 
No, um, what, what is probably the most darkest turn of events is that he's literally dragged back to the hole. And thrown in. And thrown in. You think something's going to happen where he's going to break out. Some kind of Disney Star Wars. He might like, survive the fall. Hopeful. No. And the, no, this boy falls to the... They don't show it because it's no. Disney, but... Literally, the daughter or the younger sister is walking up to, and they're like, "Don't look!" And they and she finds her brother pretty much laying there dead. Yeah. And, so yeah. To this guy's credit, he did stir up a commotion with the average everyday citizens, and they were like, "Are you serious? Did this happen? That's unacceptable." And they just said, "Go about your business." Yeah. The Empire saying, "Go about your business." And um, after this man is thrown back in, his his we'll say little sister figure decides to start singing is that what they did or <laughs> chanting something if we all sing as one they can hear us so that's this what, is where it got corny for me it was it's where it dropped all my rating unbelievably corny so it's it, they start singing and the townsfolk have been stirred up and they decide to like walk out and like investigate for themselves for some reason the empire doesn't like shut the giant doors to this place or anything or just, think wow we have attention let's bury the hole or something yeah no, they're nothing just like, like that um not no guns pointed to say get back in your house or we'll shoot you they do by the end but then they just run past them and the, and the empire doesn't do anything and yeah the empire's just like well what are we gonna do i guess we're leaving yeah so it's it's very corny at the end i can't remember if it ever showed like the people getting out of the hole or if it was just implied that well the the, the, the crowd was around them yeah they're all staring and then they're like oh they came and then they leave and yeah. so everyone's like oh my god they don't care and i would i would have i would have given that a nine out of ten it would have been because that would have shown what society does now where they all say like post things online like we're with you but then when the matter really comes down to it nobody does a we damn stand thing with the whole people for yeah. a week <laughs> exactly for one week i stand with so all of a sudden though they come back they have like a like a ship come down in, and they're picking them up and it shines a big bright light to look like the lights coming down a lot of signifying yeah and they all get rescued End. Like, where did they get the resources to get this giant ship to uh, save Obviously, they walked back Every, and they got everything's it. Everything's okay. run by the Empire, though. It's like, it's very... It's cliche. It's it's, it's The ve- most cliche. It's I wouldn't even say it's... Cl- it is cliche, but for me, as somebody who does get into a little bit of revolutionary politics, you know what I mean? It's not as easy as everybody... It's it's not the end of the Grinch, where... <laughs> we don't all just sing together and, like, change the world, you know? It's... It does take a little bit more than that. Um, so the story was like iffy on its own. But can I tell you what I fucking really had a problem with for this short? I thought the animation was just absolutely just, I, I hated it. I did not like it. You didn't like at, the, the style? It reminded me of Yasuke. I think the art style was okay. I think the actual animation, and we're going to call back to what we said about Vinland Saga of the axe going into the tree. And it not feeling like an axe really striking a tree. Um, yeah. This was a whole mining plot. They were mining in this giant hole. Not one point did somebody strike the ground or a rock with an, a pickaxe and did it ever feel like a pickaxe striking into rock. Mm-hmm. In fact, remember there was a tiny scene where they drew a red X onto a rock to show where to strike. And then somebody took a pickaxe and struck that red X the red X didn't change. It didn't get chipped. It didn't crack. It didn't break. It was a pickaxe striking something and abs doing absolutely nothing. It was as if the pickaxe was foam. There was no weight to any of this animation. The angles were unbelievably confusing. When he was climbing out of the hole, there were times where it looked like he changed perspective, got three feet taller, and like jumped to... It was like almost like he was moving in an M.C. Escher painting. 
the I, perspective was fucked. My my thing is that you can definitely the more you hear about how many different animators were involved in this, you can tell it wasn't a cohesive done thing. Whether it was storytelling, animation, a whole bunch of things. And surprisingly, though, it's not my least favorite compared to the I Am Your Mother because it was the more adult type of driven thing. Though it was so cliche sure. and ridiculous, it's definitely w- one of the lowest. But yeah, it's it's amazing how. It had some good, like, I thought the symbolism of the brother actually being thrown over and fallen sure. was good. And sometimes you need the dark to show that, you know, it doesn't always, the light's not always there. Yeah, yeah. But, but then the what bothered me is, like, I like the fact that the sister moves on and tries to bring everyone together. But the fact she can get over it so quickly and doesn't even really get emotional. And the fact that singing is heard for, like, I don't know how many miles but from the city, a bustling city would not hear the cries of even a hundred. They said there's like hundreds of people. I'm sorry, that's not enough people to get the attention of a city. Yeah. It's not. No, I hear you. And, and it really just, it bothers me so much on how unrealistic it was to like, I know this is all fiction, but it's just a little bit too much. Yeah. it. I mean, the story was very, very butterfly. And there's like, no lightsabers. No, no. See? No lightsabers. <laughs> it was very, it was a very butterfly look at revolution as in like, all you got to do is stand together. And it's like, well, yes, but also you're going to have to throw a rock at somebody. I'm sorry. You gotta, you gotta do you're going to have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. But for me, what really chapped my ass was the animation. And look, I, I don't, I'm not going to say that these animators didn't try their best or whatever. I just don't think it was good. I think for I've said it a billion times, the the weight of animation is the important part to me, and there was absolutely no weight to anything that anybody did in this animation. It it was it felt like Avatar the Last Airbender, but like significantly worse. You know what I mean? And that was a show made for kids where this is a fifteen minute fucking showcase of what you can do as far as animation goes. And to me, the people I, I don't know if it's to be pinned on Lucasfilm's animation to where they're probably more of a put it out for money type deal. But whoever is responsible, I I think they've really missed an opportunity to show beautiful animation. And I, I this I'll I'll cut right to the chase. This is a red lightsaber for me. Oh absolutely this was an eyesore. The story wasn't good enough to carry it Damn. at all. This is I So on Mal, would that be like a three out of ten or this, four? Yeah, something maybe at best. Um if I watched this again, like I would And it's just hurt because it's a Japanese kind of studio. It's the first and it, it's unfortunate and I, I feel like it we all know that Japanese that anime, they they have a, a kind of a system for cutting certain corners that like maybe the, the French studios don't take. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how they get a, 30 seasons out of anime. That's how they did this shit out for us to consume like they do. But I feel like sometimes it's taken a little fucking far. Especially when it's one episode you have to do. And again, I don't know if it's the inclusion of Lucas Films because I, I am not a huge fan of American animation personally. I feel like, yeah. I feel like it's very, very capitalistic compared to other countries. Um, and we've been shown all these countries around the world can make absolutely beautiful art. I I don't look at this short as art as I do with these other shorts. I, I look at it as you you made an animation, but like what first of what were you trying to say? And like it it's like Ron Swanson. He he if he made this chair, Ron Swanson would immediately trash it and throw it away. Even though he could sell it. As a fine chair, but it's not perfect. Yeah. So it ain't it ain't for me, dog. Yeah, I was gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a yellow lightsaber. So okay. it's the only other one that's in the yellow category. 
If it was Mal, I'd probably give it a 6.1. Sure. Six, so it's just ahead of I Am Your Mother. They're both on the same path for me. It wasn't the hardest to watch, but I was definitely rolling my eyes the most in this one. And that's where it's like, yeah, this is not it for me. Yeah. And then it was disappointing when I looked at the studio after. Yeah. But all right. Uh, let's end it on a good note. All and right. I, I'm actually pretty Dude, positive mo- on this one. Surprise of the day right here. Yeah. Surprise of the day. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. All right. I'm actually super excited to hear your thoughts on this Episode one. Episode nine, Aya's song. Basically 14 to 15 minutes. If I recall, it said 17 or 16, but you know. Yeah, how it so I want to know about the studio that did this. Triggerfish. One. Yeah, okay, yes. Where are they from? South African studio Triggerfish is based in Cape Town, okay. South Africa, and Galloway, Ireland, and producing Aya Song for Visions. It includes feature films like Inventors of Zambaz- Zambazia, The Seal Team, Kumba, along with Disney Plus shows as Kiza Moby, Kia, and Kimajo Heroes. Uh, Netflix's Mama K's team. So it's also known for raising the profile of African animation, picking up MIFA Animation Industry Award for the pioneering role that the company has played in the animation in South Africa. Hell yeah. So a whole bunch of awards and and a bunch of <laughs> surprise, I, I have to say. Uh, it started out interesting because this is a, a claymation that has so, characters being fuzzy. So this is felt. Felt. I believe. Correct. It, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, any listeners out there. But I'm. I believe this is what's called felt animation. It's. It's. It's pretty much puppets, but not being puppeteered. Just right. like little felt plushies. And I thought for the longest time it's because of the race of the character, like Aya and her father is in the show, is meant to symbolize like they're they're furries, so they have felt. Yeah. But then almost everyone, if they got close enough, even the Jedi she yep. meets, you could see you the see the little fiber. I'm like, okay, so they're literally using like little like. I thought of like uh, Beanie Babies. That's yeah. that's all I could think about. So I've heard people talk about felt animation before, and I didn't. I get, much like I'd heard people talk about French animation before, and I I guess I didn't understand what they meant. But after this being probably my first exposure to like really really high class felt animation, fucking awesome, dude! I loved this. This was cool as hell. Yeah, this was definitely cool. I'll say it's still. Uh, what I'll say for the animation is separated from is I, I liked more of the sceneries and sure. the more of the beauty of the wider scape, but up close, I wasn't as fan as the of the felt, but I got over it once again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it basically goes is that this is taking place in a universe where there are a bunch of corrupt Kaiba crystals. I'm not sure if that's actually lore, but I love this idea. Yeah, so I had a hard time. It, this was very show, don't tell. I appreciate it. Do you want I, me to help you out with it? Or just what do you go with to... the synopsis okay. and I'm going to learn along the way. Okay. So essentially, there this race of people that Aya is a part of are these miners that are not slaves. They chose to do this job. It's kind of like what they're good at in their territories and the area that they live. They go into these caves. They mine like a little at a time of these corrupted Kaiba crystals, which are the red ones, which just symbolizes Sith. And if you want to have the dark side of the force type yeah. of stuff. And they mine it so that then these uh, Jedi can purify it. And they do it one at a time because this... I like to think of as the time of the height of the Jedi where they had Kyber crystals all over the galaxy. There's so many lightsabers. Yeah. They had an overabundance of them. But there's it's a meticulous process. So Aya's dad is one of the miners, and she's very interested in the Kyber crystals because it almost feels like things are called to her. She resonates with them. Yeah, and, and I got a lot of a feeling of the show Bubbles from Netflix where the main character cannot speak. Uh, but is able uh, to hear things. That's why he would wear the headphones, and then he could hear the songs coming from the bubbles. Yeah. 
Well, she's not able to speak because her voice is so powerful, it almost makes the Kyber crystals resonate and react. So it's almost another feeling where she can hear them sing to her, but she's not supposed to talk to them because her father thinks, you know, bad things will happen, and just keeping his little daughter safe. Well, it makes sense for corrupted Kyber crystals to resonate with your daughter. That's spooky. Yeah. And, you know, in the middle of basically a transaction of one of the Kyber crystals to this Jedi that visits her dad, she's overhearing, she gets discovered, and the Jedi finds her very interesting because can tell that she has something within her. Once again, that deep Jedi type of shit you love, that there's the force hidden within her. So all that, she's cute. She decides, I can't wait anymore. I'm going to go to this cave where they're mining it. I want to see these crystals. Like, there's someone, like, it sounds like... It's to me like the bubbles. It sounds just like a bunch of harmonized like harpies or mermaids singing together from a distance for her. That's the way I I got it from when she kept hearing it. So she travels all the way there and and uh, she gets into the cave and she finally decides to speak. And her voice almost resonates to where you can see them going from red to blue. But before she can get the opportunity to do so, her father sees her in the mining place. And it's almost like the emotions of surprise and being scared from her own dad just catching her mm. made all the Kyber crystals react negatively. I think it's when he stopped her singing. Exactly. But you want to know why is because at that time you think, oh my God, she was making him activate, but she was actually purifying him yes. like we find out at the end. But because of the act of the father stopping her, it caused a chain reaction. And they got mad. They got mad. And then the cave-in happened. So I am rushing that. I'm just saying it just happens to be a very... It's not long. It's 14, 15 minutes. Yeah. But what I can't say enough is whether I don't like the animation is the way they use the sound directing and the music with her voice and the echoing and the harmony of like making all these Kaiba crystals yeah. blue and, and pure is 10 out of 10 for me. Sure. If I get goosebumps listening... You've nailed the sound. So that direction. cave scene in particular with all the kyber crystals resonating and then the scene subsequently after, after where that, she purifies them was abs. That was beauty yeah. personified. And that's the beauty. It's like it says Aya's song. So, you know, she was told for so long not to speak and not to even, you know, hum. You know, yeah. for, no, she was humming because she couldn't sing it. Yeah. But you could tell she wanted to to see that actually her voice saved. Yeah. Um, everything. But yeah, it caused that whole cave in. Uh, the Jedi showed up to try to save them from dying. And then she, you know, Aya realizes that she can help. I love the let me do it, dad. Let me do it. <laughs> and she does it. And what I think is also fascinating is, is Aya is not a simple Jedi. She is a very unique once in a million years type really? of person. Because, like she said, no one has ever been able to do what she did with her voice. Change all Kyber crystals. The Jedi are only able to do one at a It's a very meticulous process. Yeah. So showing this character in a non-canon-like world was perfect because it basically is showing one of probably the guardians. She probably is put at goddess type of level, like kept safe at a sanctuary and like is like leading a, a group of people. I, I, I can just see the future of Aya is bright and she had to leave her father to pretty much go to her destiny being with the Jedi and also leaves and another one that kind of teared me up. These Jedi taking all these kids. It's, it's like, like DHS. <laughs> But no, it's just, it was good. But yeah, I'd like to say that her having those powers is very unique. Not many I've seen or heard in my little bit of Star Wars has ever had the capabilities of this. Even Grogo, Yoda, not even close. Nothing. Aya. Aya is OP. Hell yeah. So, 
Yeah. No, for me, the story was very simple. You know, I, I don't have too terribly many thoughts on it. I just. It was I, cute. Yeah, it was cute. It was uh, very heartwarming. But for me, it was visually this. This really is what blew me away. Yeah. I thought the felt animation was just cool. Like, it's the first time I've ever really seen anything like this. And, uh, you know, going back to the last uh, short, The Pit, like, if you, if you can make felt look weighted in, like, it's a it's a, a real thing living and in a world. Can we talk about the Jedi sliding down with a lightsaber down the rock? Exactly. Like, that's all felt. That's I'm like, felt. I felt the weight of her coming down, you I, know? If, I believe it's stop motion. Like, yeah. that, that's some that's some Wallet and Gromit ass fucking styling just with a different material. That unbelievable yeah so cool um and i just imagine the craftsmanship that must have gone into that because it's i mean not to diminish just classic animation you know pen and pen and ink or whatever but to to create something like that from what i've come to know stop motion animation takes a long time Mm. comparatively so this is probably like a year process for this 15 minute little fucking piece of art so i thought it was beautiful personally I like the little otter people. I don't know what their race is, but they seemed like little otter people. Like yeah. that was cute. Everything was it was more cute. It's it's almost like the I am your mother episode, but had a little bit more going for it. Um it, and didn't, whether there was the sound design, the uniqueness of the felt, the um to me the story was actually pretty cool. Just the idea oh, yeah. of someone that was able to purify all corrupt Kaiba crystals with the power of her voice was kind of nice. Sure. So um but yeah, what would you what would you give this? Definitely a blue lightsaber. Yep. Definitely. I would say I'm going to give it a blue lightsaber. If I could give it like an 8.5, 8.8, yep. almost to green level. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely not everything I look for. Like I said, if it wasn't for that sound design, uh, I, I don't mind the felt. I was over that, but it's definitely something still like I could only watch this 15 minute, 20 minute episode. I wouldn't watch a two hour film of this sure. or a Shrek type of episode. I don't think I could really do it. That makes sense. But very good short story, very well done, and I love the idea of Aya. If we can make Aya like lore, please, <laughs> like I could just see her. She's amazing. Yeah, and she'll be a great Jedi. I thought it was a fine way to uh, to cap off. I was worried because I saw the end. I was like, maybe I should pick one of the Japanese animation looking ones as my last to end on a good note. Apparently, the fuck not. Though. And who's to think that I, the pit right before that was actually worse? Good thing I didn't do that. Yeah, so. no doubt. But uh, yeah, so that that's it. We went through all of the visions. We've done two seasons of these. Uh, takeaway is that it seems like I've actually enjoyed more of these type of animations than when we did season one, which I picked, I think, on the top of my head, three or four out of the nine that I gave nines or eights. Yeah. Everything else was lower. Yeah. So I'm coming away with the takeaway is that I got to start looking at other animation studios. Yeah, yeah. Animation all around the world is really, really cool. I, I thought this was a wonderful little uh, flight of different stylings. And if you ever, I think this is great to show somebody who is curious about animation. You know what I mean? And yeah. to just get an idea of, of all the, of everything that's out there and all the different flavors. Yeah, so uh, this uh, episode ran fucking long. We got uh, a lot almost uh, almost two hours in this bitch. Uh, we'll see Jesus. how much we cut that down through the editing process, <laughs> but uh, we'll keep the plug short and sweet. Everything is in the show notes if you want to talk to us, if you want to buy our merch, if you want to support us on Patreon. It is all down there. Uh, other than that, please just continue to listen. That's the best support you can give us. Uh, the fact that you care about what we do is the most important thing to us but until next week we have been the anime brothers podcast i am earthworm i'm jd we will see you later bye bye now